Hello there, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine and Other Happy Chemicals, the show that is like eating a Super Mario mushroom. It makes you grow bigger and bigger, gluck, 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 and all that stuff. Today I want to talk about the ideas of tribalism that we experience kind of in the world related to my personal growth in two purple and spiral dynamics in understanding my relationship to tribes and social connections. And also talking a little bit about this kind of collective unconscious epidemic of loneliness a little bit at the same time. So there's this, I'm calling the episode disconnected and overconnected because there's this relationship to feeling disconnected in the real world, but very much overconnected digitally. And I think that's oversaturating our ability to connect in the real world. And then particularly mine, because this is a podcast about me and my shit. <laughs> so without further ado, let's hit the button and do the thing here on dopamine and other happy chemicals. Let's go. So there's this concept that my friend Antonia Dodge and I have talked about. She's talked about it on her podcast at Personality Hacker, and I've talked about it here around the idea of um, the epidemic of loneliness, that people are simultaneously feeling more connected and disconnected at the same time. And I think I've, I've been exploring this because I personally feel very disconnected um, there is a degree of loneliness that I feel in my life, even though I'm very happy and very grateful for the life that I have. There is an element of feeling like there isn't a <clears throat> movement between people in the real world. Um, obviously, there hasn't because of the, the pandemic. And uh, there's also this like degree of rampant tribalism that I think is uh, pervading the culture quite a bit here in America, at least. And uh, <clears throat> one of the challenges is that, um, first of all, I should note that there will be birds outside and I can't do anything about that right now. So I apologize if that's going to be annoying. Um, <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about a couple different things. First of all, I've been exploring uh, two purple and spiral dynamics. Now, two purple being a area of existence that is... Uh, sort of more of a, a tribal state of mind or a tribal place, right? Spiral dynamics in general is about uh, a social psychological model that explains human development from, you know, chronologically from 30,000 years ago, et cetera, to today. <clears throat> and thinking about human development on that scale and scope and timeline, but then how that translates to the individual human beings growth, because as society gets to a higher level of consciousness as a whole, then we create systems to get children through those systems quickly. And so we're moving through these graves levels, these spiral dynamics levels at a different kind of pace because the opportunities are now available to move through those levels because now we have wisdom teachings and experience from people who have been there. Right. So now people can learn about science in school at a young age because people have traversed those territories. Whereas 30,000 years ago, there was no understanding of science in the way that we understand it today. It was more magical thinking and based on stories and um, uh, 
different kinds of uh, magical connections and conjectures and superstitions and things like that, using more of our imagination, not so much the literal understandings of material reality, which is at a later stage, which is at orange, which has only come into human consciousness around the 1700s, around the Enlightenment and at scale, right? And so there is very much a difference between what becomes conscious at scale versus like what becomes conscious in a human being. And there have been people who have personally traversed certain territories um, over time, but I'm talking about humans at scale. And so I think there are two things happening. I'm personally going through a time period where I am in six green, which is more about understanding, uh, uh, trying to, to pull back from achievement focus and thinking about uh, community and thinking about uh, the global community in a sense and thinking about bigger picture systems and trying to become aware of the challenges of the world and uh, different ways of being, different cultures, different religions, different ways of operating and different stories. And with that usually comes going back into Two Purple and understanding some of like the various uh, tribal elements that were good in those territories. Because I think throughout throughout the development of history you know there's a uh, what i think is healthy is this idea of transcend and include when you go to two to three to three to four etc you bring some of those elements with you in order to you know embed that into your being it's not like you become three red or four blue and you forget other elements of like the previous stage you overvalue the stage that you're in which is what i'm going to do at six green also <laughs> but um um, but we don't leave the things behind. And by the time we get to six green, before there's any kind of movement into the second tier, there's usually a look back. There's a moment in um, the Eternals, which is a Marvel comic and film. Uh, in the film, there's a moment where Druig, one of the characters, they all kind of ascend to this top of this uh, tower. I think it's in like uh, at, like an Aztec, one of those Aztec kind of uh, temples. And they're standing at the top of it. And at the bottom there is like the conquistadors pillaging the tribal communities and stuff like that. And they're standing above it. They're looking at the fires and everything's crashing and collapsing around them. And uh, there's so much noise. The second I start recording everything just wakes up. <laughs> it's like they heard me talking and they're like, I may bug you. Um, so can I freak out the birds and make them stop? No. Okay. That's fine. This is what we're doing. So, what was I saying? So Druig, he gets to the top of the this sort of temple and he looks back and he has this ability. His, his sort of power is to uh, mind control in a sense. He can take over other human beings and make them do whatever he wants. And so he has this like anger within him, this, this idea of like they are killing each other and I have the ability to stop them. So I should stop them. But the whole crux of the film is for the Eternals to enable humans to move through their natural course of existence. It's very much like a, a film about, um, it's very much like a prime directive type of thing. It's like the prime directive in Star Trek is about not influencing cultures, like cultures need to evolve and go through their own pains in the best ways that they need to, right? And sometimes with this podcast, I try to not provide too much specificities because you have to go through your story too. Like, I'm not here trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm just sharing my story, right? And so that, 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 and therein lies the challenge that if you have the ability and capability to 
influence the world at large. Um, the test is whether or not you do or the whether or not you work on yourself, right? So it's the Druig problem, uh, or that's what I'm calling it, of instead of looking forward and working on your own ethics and moving forward to continue to develop yourself as a person, you turn around and you look at the fire of humanity and society and existence, and you go back down the steps and you try to solve those problems. When the paradox there is, it's almost like a part of Darwinism is like the paradox there is that if you are able to go forward and continue to ethically grow as a person and hone your skills and uh, develop yourself as a person and develop yourself spiritually, uh, do shadow work, all of that stuff, that you actually be, will become more capable to actually influence society. Whereas if you get distracted by the fires of society, then you're just going to be back in the fire causing, you know, part of the chaos again. Um, so that's the challenge. That's the challenge for me, I think, as a personal, as a person is like trying to keep focused on what I'm developing and, but also kind of keeping an eye on society at the same time, because I'm learning from society at scale and the collective unconscious and what people are thinking and doing and how they're feeling, because that also reflects in me. And as much as I can think of myself as an outcast and I have much of my life or think of my, a person that like thinks my own thoughts, um, I'm very much susceptible to the collective unconscious system as well. Like we're all operating based on our, our chemical dependencies and desires and, um, what our friends are saying or not saying or doing or not doing like we can't help but be influenced by those things. And I think there's a degree of accepting that for me that I'm working on. And that's, that's where the tribal thing comes in. You know, there's this idea of like the people you surround yourself with are like the most important, like your, your top five people that you're influenced by that you spend your time with. You're the most influenced by and uh, tribes tribes extend to about 100 to 150 people. And so there's a number that I, it's like Dunbar's number, I think it's called. <clears throat> and uh, 150 is like the amount of people that we can uh, keep track of. I think mine is a lot smaller because I'm an INTP. <laughs> and I think I can't, <clears throat> I think if I, if I really wrote down all of the people that I can think of, maybe I can get close to that number. But I think the idea of a tribe is is to that degree. It's like the amount of interrelationships that can occur goes up to like 150. And that that defines what a tribe is. And I think the challenge with a lot of today's world is that our tribe is not necessarily people that we are spending physical time with. <clears throat> it's more of a digital tribe. And I think we're uh I think we're making too many connections. And once and unconsciously, once we pass that 150 person mark, this is just me conjecturing, by the way, once we pass that 150 person mark, that we're not able to make new connections unless we discard a previous connection. And those new connections that come in, they're kind of transmorphing what we see as our tribe, as the people that like what our values are, what we stand for, what we care about. And we have our history too, our, our personal tribes from when we were younger, but I think it still affects us very much today in how we, what is our present tribe? You know, it could be your coworkers, right? You could have 150 coworkers and it could be your, your job 
And those are the people you put your energy into, plus maybe your immediate family. Some people have 150 family members that they keep track of. You know, that could be their immediate tribe. Um, the idea being that your tribe is like you, your immediate family, your extended family, their family, second cousins, third cousins, and then maybe other people who have intermated and from other tribes and stuff like that. And it's become a little bit more of a... Uh, uh, intermixed situation. So it's not just all ancestral, but, <laughs> um, but the idea being that there's, there's a network of people, but there is a limit, right? That's why tribes are not necessarily civilization. Civilizations are controlled by many, many systems, right? You've got cities that have a mayor, you've got people who are facilitators of different parts of the city, uh, you've got a fire chief, you got a police chief, <laughs> you know, you've got, um, people who manage 150, 100 to 150 people ish at a time. And then that kind of networks together and that kind of creates the larger societies as it were. Right. So I'm thinking about this in my own personal sense, because I'm trying to understand what's missing in me. What am I trying to integrate? So I was talking about six green and often when you get to six green, there are some things that maybe you need to integrate from your life that you maybe didn't get to or that was missing, but you still had enough to be able to move to the next level. And for me, I think there is a family relationship and an extended family relationship, a social bonding relationship that I struggle with on a personal level. Um, when I was a kid, my family, my, my parents wanted to Americanize me and my siblings, my younger siblings, because they just, you know, they wanted to give us opportunity. They wanted us to be able to fit into society and culture, which is ethnocentricity wise is like a white Caucasian American culture. And so they wanted us to be more Americanized in that sense. And so I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia, which was a predominantly low income uh, Caucasian area. There was, uh, but I still went to school with a, like all sorts of different varieties of people. And, um, but when my family came over, uh, my extended family came over, which my parents didn't really even talk about much, but sometimes they would have parties where like I'd have extended like cousins and, and aunts and uncles come over and I'm like, I don't know these people. <laughs> like I, I didn't feel any kind of personal tribal connection to them. And for me in my personal life, I've always felt kind of outside. I've always felt like a little bit of an outcast in almost any situation that I'm in, kind of around the group, but not really in the group. And so there's like an integration element that I think I'm struggling with because I've never really let myself fit in or was able to easily fit in. There was always something kind of elusive. I was always able to like stay on the outside or the outs somehow or be squinty eyed, squinty eyed about like what the tribe represents and stuff like that. Um, but in that process, kind of creating my own identity, which created you know, the different tribes that I did connect with, I did end up kind of connecting with rebels and outcasts and those types of people throughout my life. I've been starting to play the game horizon zero zero dawn. Um, the first of that series, there's a second one that just came out, but I'm playing the first one. And at one point you clear out a camp, like a bandit camp, and then some outcasts come in. They're like, we've been outcasts from various tribes and now we're going to start our own tribe. And that's been kind of like the experience that I feel like I've had is typically connecting with people who have been outcast from other tribes. And so my, my collection of humans is, is fairly digital and people that I've met in person, but that I don't have connections with. And I think a lot of people have that kind of 
vibe these days. It is really hard to uh, have that in-person tribal feel, right? Not just from like a kumbaya perspective and like singing and dancing and stuff like that, but feeling like you really have an interconnected web of humans that you immediately interact with and connect with on a regular basis. And so there's a lot of isolation, you know, people living in homes, whether in the city or the suburbs or whatever. Like I, I feel like when I lived in San Diego, it was really nice because I used to go to varying Starbucks to work because I, I was a freelancer. So I would go to like two or three, um, depending on the, how I was feeling just to mix it up. But I got to know the baristas because I went so often and there was a little bit of a connection to this person. And I started to get to know them a little bit better. And um, I wasn't as active on social media and connecting with people back then. Nowadays, it is like way more pervasive to be able to have connections with people if you can figure out like something that you immediately care about, whether it's something as simple as left or right political politics or... Um, fitting into you know like something you really care about or or you find interesting like for me i I, i've got various tribes i've got uh, people who care about art i've got wrestling people i've got type people i've got poker people um and uh music like those are just kind of like the different areas that i connect with people on but when i think about the connections i have in person i've got molly i've got the kids i've got her parents and I've got the my my studio, which is like one or two people I really connect with there. Um, but that's not a lot. That's really it. And then the rest feel kind of occupied by the connections I feel like I have on the internet. And so there's a, a case being made to, for me at least, to pull back a little bit from um, giving away my connections so willy-nilly as it were. And being more intentional about the connections that I make. Because one of the challenges I've had with with business and connections is that, is the social upkeep. I've got friends that I grew up with. I've got people that I care about. But I'm not really good at keeping up with people. I'm not good at keeping track of of what everyone's up to or doing. Um, And I don't have in mind specific people that I check in with. I think I just kind of scroll... I'm just scrolling Twitter and I'm just liking posts and I'm the same thing with Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And I'm not really connecting intentionally and specifically with specific people. Um, now I do also connect with Antonia Dodge and Susan Storm. We have a weekly call that we do to just kind of check in with each other. Um, and then another that um, I have with like a, with Antonia and a profiler training student. Um, but I think there's something that I'm, that I'm needing to learn here and integrate here around intentional social connections and um, everyone kind of knowing what's going on with each other. And I, the, the reason I'm exploring this is because that's always bothered me. I've never liked anyone knowing my business, right? <laughs> never really liked this idea of, of, of needing to know what everyone else is up to and everyone needing to know what I'm up to. Like, I don't want people talking about me, right? Like that makes me deeply uncomfortable. Um, But I know that that's a very much an element of having a tribe, but I think I'm also now understanding and accepting that this is a thing that's happening no matter what you'd say or do. 
like even if you've got a band of outcasts, it's still going to happen that there's a bound of out, band of outcasts that are, you know, your your name is out there. And maybe you can create a, an, an extreme circumstance where you don't connect with anyone. And, uh, and I haven't connected with anyone. And um, when I say that, I'm kind of projecting. I'm talking about myself. And then I create this bubble around myself. But that limits opportunity. That limits ability. That limits, you know, the survival. Like one of the reasons that humans started to become tribes is for survival. There's really as far as I understand, no period of time where humans were actually intentionally individualist um, humans, like just being humans. Come on, birds. Chill out. All right. (laughs) Um, uh, Thank you for sticking through this with the birds chirping. I mean, I think it's pleasant, but, you know, could be picked up really loudly. Um. There was no time in history where humans were just random individuals out in the jungle, right? It's always been, it's always behooved human beings to be in some sort of community or tribe. And, um, you know, there's, I mean, canceling is, is, is outcasting, right? It's cultural outcasting uh, because it's scary to be on your own. It's not, uh, it's not safe, whether that's in the jungles or not having access to the super highway of the internet to be able to hawk your wares or, uh, you know, or, or, uh, promote your comedy sets or whatever, right? Like social media is a very valuable, big space. Um, and so when, you know, when you got canceling, you, you get like this little mini tribe invading, uh, these tribes collecting together and invading a social media post or something, right? It's, it's really just collective human behavior being transmitted into like a meta space. And so uh, there's also elements of like lynch mobs and, and all of that stuff too, but that gets much more nuanced and complicated. The idea there is not to talk crap about the internet because we all know that that's a challenging place. But that while we are social creatures, there's also a limit to our comprehension. Even if we're expanding through graves levels, I think there is a, there's still that Dunbar limit of 150 people that we can personally keep track of on an intimate individual level. And I think uh, I'm realizing that my way of dealing with that was to make that as small as possible. When I think about it, though, it's definitely much more fulfilling and much more possible to survive with quality connections who are able to serve each other. You know, I've got friends who I once like someone comes to me and says that they need something for like a business opportunity or something. And I can think of a person that I can direct them to, um, you know, that's a that's sort of like a tribal reciprocity kind of thing. Like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. So like I think of something, someone that they could benefit from working with. And then someone thinks of me when I, my industry comes up or, or something like that in some of their conversations and we're able to intermix and, and kind of compound our, our tribal relationships in a positive way. So 
this is something I'm trying to learn for myself and accept for myself to kind of get out of the darkness as it were, to get out of my self-imposed prison that I've created relating to um, tribal relationships and social relationships and stuff like that. I mean, there's other aspects of two purple relating to like magical thinking and stuff like that. But I, I feel comfortable with the ideas of like superstition and magical thinking and, and, um, uh, making those kinds of connections. Like I, I don't feel uncomfortable with the idea of mysticism and, and magical stuff. Um, I mostly feel uncomfortable with the direct familial, um, social relationships and keeping that up and it may be an inferior FE INTP thing and struggling with that as well. I think there's an element of me being an Enneagram one and the social part of me, um, the social part of me wants to be more of a teacher to the group and not necessarily be in the group. There's always a relationship of being above the group. And so the more I've learned about like these high minded concepts and stuff like that, it kind of separates me from people. And I think I'm trying to come back down into civilization and learn how to connect with people a little bit better, um, but still be a person that's working on my own ethical means, my own stuff, um, and, and understanding what I stand for and what I care for. And I think that's another part of this two purple work is like, I'm thinking about my relationship as a young man. And I think young man, young men, you know, don't really with the way the education system is and the way that our parents were raised and their parents were raised, uh, there's not really a tribal relationship to giving a young man like a role and a purpose. You know, young men in tribes were raised to be uh, given some sort of a role, whether they were going to be like a shaman or like a warrior or, you know, part of uh, uh, fertilizing the clan, quote unquote, as it were. Um, I think the book, The Giver, really covers some of this. Maybe I should reapproach that book. Um, they do it in more of a utopian, uh, too strict kind of a way. But there is some aspect of tribal relationships there where there are roles being given. And now that translates to a lot of uh, criticism these days of like gender roles. Like the nuclear family is kind of the American version of that tribal relationship, but it's still very isolated. Um small communities and it is very much driven around like ethnocentric values of you know being around people that look and sound like you i think schools can do a better job of giving people roles that are not centered around those ideals right and even gender like if you give you don't have to give a warrior role in class whatever that looks like in class to just a boy, right? Someone who emits that energy or someone who is um, giving that sort of demeanor or personality or something like that. Um, I don't know. These are just getting into big picture things that I can't really do anything about. But <laughs> um, but I was just thinking about my relationship as a kid and like how maybe it would have been far interesting if someone was able to read me and guide me. I think a lot of my teachers gave up on me. And I had a few teachers that really stuck by my side and really saw my potential. And I think they really felt for me and my challenges. I also didn't know that I had dyslexia until like last year. And I think uh, it would have been nice for somebody to be able to spot, to be able to spot that. But I know as a culture at large, we're still learning these things, you know, this ideas of ADHD and personality, like the shadow is only a hundred years old in terms of collective unconscious understanding. So 
you know, I have hope for the future. And, but right now I'm dealing with what I have to deal with. And if you're someone that's having to deal with what you're having to deal with, like, these are just the circumstances and we're going to have to like figure out how to navigate and heal and clean up and grow up and wake up to whatever it is that we, we need to figure out. And for me right now, I think the social connections and feeling disconnected is something I very much need to work on. There's an impulse in me to pull back. There's an impulse in me that doesn't feel safe in the group. And I think there's a limiting belief there that I, that I need to explore and that I am exploring and, um, you know, I'm kind of in process with, but, uh, there was a really great video on actualize.org, which is, uh, the, also the name of the YouTube channel. And he did it like a two hour breakdown of two purple and it was very robust and I really appreciated it because it really gave me this focus to listen to it all at once and to see that there's a lot of two purple that I have integrated and I feel comfortable with, but this social part, this familial part, maybe I just need to go watch fast and the furious movies and have a conversation with Vin Diesel. F is for family, right? <laughs> uh, me familia and all of that stuff. And perhaps there's some, some, you know, parts of my personal culture I need to go experience. I don't really know. I don't have a lot of data about my past, uh, you know, my parents are from Puerto Rico and there's not a lot of uh, paperwork, you know, to go back into. Whereas Molly is exploring her past and she can go back to the 1500s, which is rad for her. And I love that. And I'm excited for her. Um, but I don't know how far I can go. I don't have a lot to work with. Um, so I've been generally curious about like Taino culture. I think my mom's side might be more native and my dad's side might be more uh, Spanish from Spain. And so I'm exploring some of those, you know, my last name is Rivera and Rivera comes from Spain, uh, from, from, yeah, from Spain. So I want to explore some of those things. And, uh, I appreciate too, that Molly is like, she's taken my last name and she's also honoring that history also where she's very much in like, she loves all the magical thinking stuff. She's in it. I think she's got to do more three red work, but that's, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut on that. Um, but she's like really leaning into the two purple stuff and she really, really loves it. And when it comes to like my last name, she's like, it means by the river and flowing water and river, you know, all the feelery stuff. She's like really into it. And I, I think I appreciate that. And I, I feel honored by that. Um, so you know, there's a lot of social connections that I need to, that I'm working on and wanting to improve on. And, uh, you know, this is something I'll come back and check in on, but if you're listening and feeling a bit disconnected, I understand and I'm with you, but I think it's important that we become a little bit more intentional and conscious of the tribes that we have around us. Cause if we're not consciously doing it, then we're going to unconsciously do it. And, uh, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a choice. So happychemicals.org, go check out courses and all that stuff. Sign up for the email list. I appreciate you. My name is C-Note, Christian Rivera. Catch you later. I actually want to make one last note that I very much think that what I'm thinking about related to this, like, social connections part is that when when I talked about the ad cast part the sort of uh, if I'm not intentionally choosing a tribe or if I'm always running away from tribes 
that I I'm kind of left with the scraps. <laughs> and while um, I wouldn't necessarily call all my friends scraps, uh, there are definitely a lot of people that I've interacted with in my life that I would um, that became shadow material. Like it became stuff that uh, that since I wasn't inviting an intentional energy in my life, all the residual remaining energy just showed sort of sort of showed up. And while they became things that ultimately led to wisdom within me and experiences and um, opportunities for growth, it also invited a lot of nefarious energies into my existence. And I think this is another element of shadow material that I'm unlocking. Like if you are, if you know Spiral Dynamics and you're learning it, two purple and three red in a lot of ways are things that people go back into to recollect some material, even for blue, um, you know, too purple to create those like social connections, maybe connections to like ritual and magic and, and letting go of rationality. Um, three red into like learning some assertive assertiveness and standing up for yourself and taking what you need and want. And then four blue in, in developing some self-discipline. Uh, you know, there are things that we might have to go back into to understand. But the things that we don't intentionally collect or learn are things that um, we still need in order to grow to the next levels. So they end up, the things that we don't consciously understand still carry with us as shadow material. At least that's what I think is going on. And so I think my story throughout my life is that because I've not intentionally worked on these social connections that these social connections have kind of just happened to me and I've had to kind of deal with them and uh, I think that that's the difference now is intentionally being aware of this desire to pull away from the tribe and to pull away from my people and to now lean into my people especially after all of this experience and being able to basically have a chosen tribe as it were to lean in and surround myself with the people that I feel are beneficial to my life. And so whether that's business connections or friendships, or really it's more about the people I want to intentionally connect with, not just for business purposes, or not just because they are of a, you know, not because they're also of a similar paradigm or something like that, but people I actually care about. Like I've talked about Antonia Dodge and Joel Mark Witt from personality hacker. They are very important people to me. Um, you know, I've got my wife, I've got some people online that I've only met online that I would love to be able to hang out with in person, um, more often, uh, or at all. Cause I haven't met them, but I, I think I'm starting to realize how many people I want surrounding me that are, people that I love the contents of their character and they happen to do things. They're people that are typically around the same level and um, they're, they're, they have some sort of gift that they're offering the world and I would love to be able to nurture that. And I think, um, I think that's what the, the, the part of this for me is, is making this shadow part of myself aware, you know, kind of waking up to this as it were. And, um, we're cleaning up really cleaning up is more of the shadow material. Um, and in essence, that's what I'm talking about. So this is part of my cleanup process is going back into this two purple, but, but you listening might have a different thing that you might need to go back and clean up if you're in that stage. Um, 
but that's where I am right now. So I'll probably come back and talk about this a little bit more, but um, hopefully this was interesting to you. Um, if not, that's cool. This is just at this point, like, I don't know if I've made it clear, but dopamine and other happy chemicals is what the podcast is now called. And it's more of a personal growth journal. So I'm sharing more of my story and stuff like that. There's literally a bird right here. What's up, birdie? All right. I'm going to go before the birds go crazy a little bit more. But I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Stop.